O thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. I'm on already. Yeah. <laughs> well, how did I miss that, people? Hello, everybody. <laughs> uh, hey, this shows you that Bible News Radio is produced by me and Bareface. And in particular, Bareface. One person. That's right, people. We're, we're like a one-person show, which is fine. You know, that's all right. So, people... I want to welcome you to today's episode of Bible News Radio. As you guys know, I am your sweet and lovable host, Stacey Lynn Harp. So, uh, yeah. So, let me ask you something. Do you forget stuff? If you're like my friend Jennifer, you do all the time. <laughs> if you're like most of my friends who are in middle age, if you're over 50, you know, you're going downhill, people. Or are you? I don't know about you, but you're you're there. <laughs> Hi, Melanie. By the way, hi, everybody else. Glad you guys are there over on Periscope. If you're on YouTube, hi. I can't see you, but I know you're there. So feel free to share it out, okay? And you share it out over there, too, if you don't mind. I'm pointing down at you like you can see me. I should just say you right there. Please share it out. Okay, we got a, we have a return guest today. You're going to love this. Yeah, you are. You guys know that I talk about my dad all the time who has uh, Parkinson's and dementia, right? And so when I saw this book come through my email box, The Aging Brain, I was like, ooh, I gotta read this, because you know, my dad's 90, I'm 50, you guys are mostly over 50, most of you, except a handful of you millennials, which, you know, don't click off if you're a millennial, because you're gonna get there someday, don't forget, okay? You're <laughs> anyway, we wanna talk today, today, we're going to talk about this book called The Aging Brain, Proven Steps to Prevent Dementia and Sharpen Your Mind, People. We're going to help you sharpen your mind without a knife. Yeah, we are. We're going to talk about nutrition. You know, trust me, because I have a whole bunch of notes right here that I took. And we're going to do it with a doctor. And not just any doctor, but our superhero, Dr. Timothy R. Jennings, who happens to be a psychiatrist. Yeah, he does. He's one of those guys. And he is also a master psychopharmacologist. I said it. Nailed it. Ah, yes, he is. He's also the distinguished fellow of the American Psychi Psychiatric Association and president of Come and Reason Ministries. He's spent more than 20 years researching the interface between biblical principles and modern brain science, including being invited to the White House in 2017 to discuss mental health. Uh, opioid addiction and faith-based initiatives in America and he is the author of a whole bunch of other books including another book that I had him on before talking about the God-shaped brain how changing your view of God transforms your life and the God-shaped heart how correctly understanding God's love transform us and here's the other thing this book here some of you guys who watch us all the time <clears throat> well know who Dr. Caroline Leaf is. She actually endorsed this book right here. She said, Tim's book is filled with great advice and excellent science on aging. It's well worth following and applying these principles so as to uh, age the way we are supposed to. And note that I'm holding it back because I'm at 50 now, right? <laughs> Never thought that would happen. And this book is also endorsed by Dr. Tim Clinton, who is the president of American Association of Christian Counselors, as well as Aaron Frew, who is the author of Bounce, Learning to Thrive Through Loss, Tragedy, and Heartache, uh, as well as other people. And you guys can get it at Amazon, or I believe you can get it at uh, Tim's website as well. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But let me welcome Tim back to the show, because we only got half hour with him. So come Thanks on back. back Stacy. You're welcome. Hey. All right. So here we are. Yeah, we are. And uh, how you been? I'm doing well. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing okay. 
didn't we already have this conversation or did we forget? No, I'm just kidding. You know, it's really hard for me to not throw in bad jokes about aging and forgetting. But, of course, I have to ask the standard question, why did you, well, first, why did you become a psychiatrist? That's a good question to lead off with. Uh, I found it the most fascinating aspect of the human being is the brain and the interface between both uh, the physiological aspects of our brain, our mind, our faith and faith and belief systems. So it's really the trifecta where, where our, our individuality resides. And I found it the most intriguing. Ah, cool. Yeah. So the neuroplasticity of our brain, talk a little bit about that, because I think it's super cool that our brain does that. So neuroplasticity means just the fact that our brain is in a constant state of change or flux, depending on the activities we engage in, the thoughts that we think, the things we view, the foods that we eat, our brains are in a constant state of flux, uh, either growing new connections or pruning old connections based on what we're choosing to do and focus on. And so it's never too late to uh, make positive changes in our brain. Yeah. See, that's so cool. Okay. Um, are you a firstborn? Uh, no. No? We have no. an older sister. I do. Do you have any older brothers? I do not. Yeah, you are a firstborn then. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> you're a firstborn guy. Okay. Yeah, and you're a doctor. See, most doctors I know are firstborns. That's why I asked. I just want to see if you were. Yep. Learned something new, didn't you? <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the aging brain. Because, you know, one of the things, you know, I'm very interested in is how our Western diet impacts our brain um, and how, you know, we see this onset of dementia and Parkinson's. I, now, I, I'm 50. I happen to live in an area literally within two miles of me. I have two assisted living facilities which, are, which have memory units in them. So, I mean, there's, you know, a lot of older people now are actually in these facilities and stuff. And I want to help our audience stay out of those places. You know, so how do we do it with nutrition? Or, or is medicine, you think, a better way than nutrition? So, so maybe before we get to the nutrition piece, people ought to have a little understanding of what the underlying problems are that are causing the dementia. And we talk about dementia, you know, we're talking about a functional loss of memory and other abilities. And anything that damages the brain can cause that functional loss. The most common form of dementia is Alzheimer's dementia, which is caused by Alzheimer's disease. But if you have vascular disease, that can cause vascular dementia and Parkinson's disease can cause Parkinson's dementia and so forth. But, but the most common is Alzheimer's. And just to give you an example, out of 1,000 people over age 65, 67 of them will develop Alzheimer's disease and Alzheimer's dementia, whereas nine of those people over, over, uh, out of that 1,000 will get Parkinson's disease. So it's significantly more common than the Parkinson's disease. And with that in mind, then what is it that's driving the Alzheimer's disease uh, the late onset form that happens in people after age 65. And that is a cascade of events that increase inflammation that causes insulin resistance, like type 2 diabetes for adults, it, except it's happening in the brain instead. And when that happens in the brain, that prevents the brain's normal mechanisms of handling byproducts of metabolism and getting waste products out and reducing inflammation from happening. And, and cell death occurs over the course of time, leading to Alzheimer's dementia. So the key to remember here is insulin resistance due to chronic inflammation. And when that, when you understand that, then anything that increases that can increase or drive you towards the Alzheimer's dementia. And that's where your nutrition piece can come in. Okay. That makes sense. So, and, you know, it's interesting because we've, we've actually talked to, I, I've talked to numerous um, nutritionists and things like that who actually talk about inflammation in the body. And I know one thing that I learned is that by taking turmeric, I actually heard an interesting story that if you take turmeric, um, that not only will it help inflammation all over the place, but also in, in the person's brain. And I heard a story where a, a person actually was taking turmeric and they were having some brain issues or head issues. They got their brain scanned and the doctor actually said, because you were taking this, it actually helped you not end up have a stroke or something like that. So, yes, this is one of the things that's anti-inflammatory, reduces inflammatory cascades, uh, can help remove amyloid protein out of the brain, but you really only absorb it if you're taking it in conjunction with black pepper. Right. So if you're not taking black pepper with it, then it's just kind of going through your GI system, but it's not getting your body to do any good. Yeah, I think that you were the one, come to think of it, that actually told me that last time you were on the show, uh, and, they, and they actually do sell it with the black pepper in it. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which is, that's the kind I get. I think before that I didn't. I think you were the one that actually told me that. Come to think of it. Now I'm recalling it all. Okay, good. Glad your memory's coming back. It is, finally. After all these years. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm really interested. I'm sure some of our audiences, and by the way, audience, hey, if you guys have a question, then let me know, all right? Just type it in the in the, there, and then I'll try to get to it, okay? So if you, um, uh, let's talk about preventative brain things, because I think that's what most people are interested in. You know, how do you prevent dementia in the brain? Yeah, and that's a great question because there really is no cure for dementia because once somebody has dementia, billions of neurons have been lost and you're not going to regrow and reconnect all those pathways. And so the key is exactly what you're saying. Let's prevent it from ever happening. In the late onset form, we prevent the big keys of prevention are regular physical exercise, healthy nutrition. And we can talk about what that looks like mm -hmm. uh, mental exercise and stress management. Those are the big, those are the big keys. Okay. So pickleball, I play that a lot. Do you play pickleball? I don't. You don't? You should. It's fun. I've heard several people tell me I've had it recommended. I just haven't got around to it because I'm so busy. I know, but you got to have some fun. What do You're you... right. I need to do more exercise. And that's one of the things. And I was really good into an exercise program. And then, and then I travel and I, I, you know, you get on an airplane, you fly to some part of the world and it just throws off your whole routine and it's hard to get back into it again. Hmm. You could like become a pickleball fanatic like me, and then you could go fly to like pickleball destinations all over the world. There you go. <laughs> hey, there's actually people who do it and, and on cruises too. They're actually are now offering pickleball on some cruises. Okay, cool. Yeah. So regular physical, physical exercise. Why is it good? <laughs> it's good because when you exercise regular, your muscles produce interleukin 10, which reduces inflammatory cytokines, which resensitize insulin receptors. It also turns on neurotrophins, which are proteins that make the brain sprout new connections and make new neurons, uh, helps remove inflammatory factors. So physical exercise, one of the best things you can do, study of uh, people over 65 who began walking regularly, got up to about 30 minutes a day, showed growth in the memory circuits of their brain. Their brain looked two years younger from, from doing the exercise. So we can get neuronal regrowth with good physical exercise. Yes. And walking is good. Yeah, it is. Okay, I got a question here. Mm -hmm. Sean wants to know... Let's see here. Scroll back up there. Why do dementia patients have very good long-term memory for a while? So, okay. So it really depends on the type of dementia. We're, I'm pretty sure he's talking about Alzheimer's type dementia. And that's because the, the things that have been retained the longest are typically the things that are lost um, the, the last. Mm -hmm. So things we've known for many, many, many years are deeply embedded in deep neural patterns of our brain, where the things we've learned most recently are not as well established in those neural patterns. And so it, it, it doesn't, it, th those are lost more quickly as the more recent memories are lost as the, as the brain begins to degrade. Yeah. You know, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, because, I mean, I can talk to my dad who, you know, is 90 and has had this for a while. And it's interesting. I, I don't know if I'm the person, I probably am not the person that coined the term dementia loop, but that's, that's one question I have is, um, why is there like a dementia loop where, you know, for 15 minutes, he's good, he's in the present, but then he'll talk about the past. And then 15 minutes later, it's the same thing all over again. Do you, do you know why that's caused? So why it's the same thing? All because the, because they're not laying down new memory. What's mm. happening right now is not being transferred into long-term memory. Mm. So it gets forgotten that it's just happened, and so they repeat a conversation over and over again because they don't recall having made it. Ah, oh, that's interesting. So it's kind of like you know, if you try to record a conversation, and but you forget to hit play to record it, so your brain doesn't record it. Ah, so right. kind kind of like the neurotransmitter or whatever that is in there. You're the brain expert, not me. Um, you know, so uh, now that makes sense. Okay, because, you know, my dad, he'll like, he'll be like talking about the 20s. <laughs> and he also, here's another question. He also locks, he talks about dreams a lot, but he will dream weird stuff that actually all is tied into like current events messed with 50 years ago. It's, it's weird sometimes talking to him because I have no idea where he's at. It's like, oh, and then I'll say, well, who are you talking about? And he'll talk about his first wife. He's been married four times, so it's hard to figure it out, you know, sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting, isn't it? 
Well, and sometimes people, when they dement, they, they, they use the name of their first wife and they're actually talking about some other person. Mm-hmm. You as the daughter can sometimes be referred to as the wife or as a sibling of theirs rather than, and so the names can get all mixed up and they can misidentify people. So you're not, never, not always, depending on how far the dementia has progressed, you may not be sure exactly who they're talking about. That's true. That is so true. Sometimes he thinks I'm his sister who's dead and other times he thinks I'm his girlfriend who's living. And, yes. And 50 years older than me or 40 years older than me. <laughs> but that's usually on the phone. He'll call up. You know, I gave him one of these phones with, a, you know, your picture, you press it, you know, and he'll call me up thinking I'm somebody else. But anyway, I want to talk more about the nutrition, though. Okay. Because okay. I was reading in your book uh, the, the different foods. And, you know, one of the things that I thought was really cool was walnuts. You know, and I heard somebody say that God made food to look like parts of your 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 body, and of course, the walnut kind of looks like your brain. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Well, the the data shows that uh, walnuts, people who eat walnuts regularly, have better brain volume and less dementia than people who don't. Uh, uh, other research has looked at the walnut extract and its relationship to a protein that builds up in your brain with Alzheimer's disease. And the walnut extract dissolves that protein and helps remove it from the brain. And so I love these type of recommendations because there's really no downside to it. So eat a handful of walnuts every day. Uh, and I tend to try to eat a handful of walnuts it's about five times a week. Yeah, see, walnuts rock, people. And you can put garlic salt on them, too, if you want, you know, to make them taste different if you don't like them like bareface. My husband doesn't like them. I know. It's hard dealing with him. All right, what other foods can we eat that will help us? So I recommend a glass of 100% pomegranate juice a day. Pomegranate is uh, high in polyphenols, or eat the pomegranates themselves if you like to eat the pomegranate. It's just easier for me to drink the juice. Uh, and it's high in polyphenols, and uh, labs studies have showed that the uh, regular intake of the pomegranate just removes the amyloid protein out of the brain that's associated with Alzheimer's dementia. Uh, regular um, salmon, people who eat salmon or oily fish that are high in omega-3 fatty acids have reduction in uh, Alzheimer's disease and they have better, better brain volume as they age. And in fact, the two diets that are associated with the best brain volume and the least risk of dementia are either the uh, Mediterranean diet or the whole food vegan diet, the fruit, nuts, grains, veggies diet. Uh, the worst diet is the typical American diet, fast food, junk food, box food, high sugar diet. Those diets are highly inflammatory and drive insulin resistance and contribute to the cascade of events that cause dementia. Yeah. It's that's why it's called sad, right? The American diet is sad. Well, it is sad. It is sad, yeah, actually. It's so healthy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they made it so convenient. Okay, so I have another question here. Are long-term use of prescription medications affect uh, the onset? I think it's supposed to be do. Is the long-term use of prescription medications affect onset? That's a good so question. Very, that's a very interesting question because it really does depend on which medication we're talking about. The, for instance, it's, very, it's well demonstrated that people with hypertension that uh, treat their hypertension with long-term use of antihypertensive medicines reduce their risk of dementia, particularly vascular dementia. So that's, a, that's one that you want to take and reduce your risk of dementia. However, uh, benzodiazepine class of medicines, the Ativans, Xanaxes, Clonopins, Ambiens, these types of medicines, uh, nine studies have been done looking at the relationship between the chronic use of those medicines and dementia. Seven studies show a positive relationship, meaning that using those medications increase your risk of dementia. One study was neutral and one study showed a negative relationship. So the preponderance of the evidence would be that those types of medicines do increase your risk of dementia. Ah, interesting. And yet you're a psychiatrist. You give those to people, don't you? Or you did? Uh, I, I tend to I tend to take people off this, particularly for sleep. They're going to be most harmful if you're using them for sleep because they interfere with normal sleep architecture. And it's during sleep that memories consolidate. And there's evidence to show that those types of medicines chemically interfere with memory consolidation and interfere with the memory circuits of the brain. So that may be mechanistically why it's increasing dementia risks. Hmm. Interesting. So... <clears throat> Yeah, I, just so you know, I'm not a fan of psychotropic meds at all, period. I, I am not, just so you know. <laughs> now, and for many reasons, but I, I mean, uh, the primary reason is because I think that there's better not natural alternatives to stuff. It depends on what you're treating. It depends on what you're treating. There are no better natural alternatives to the antipsychotics for somebody with schizophrenia. Hmm. Okay. Well, that one's legit, I think. That's a legit brain disease. 
But I think treating anxiety is better with like magnesium or lavender oil or something as opposed it's to like adamant. therapy. And huh? I would agree with you. Yeah. I would absolutely agree with you. So anxiety is typically a symptom of some other problem that yet needs to be identified and resolved. Why so is I it then psychiatrists tend to just go straight for the meds before, you know, actually doing good therapy with people? That's really an artifact of what's happened to our healthcare system with third-party payer systems. Third-party payer systems have basically um, punished doctors, psychiatrists who want to spend time talking to their patients and financially rewarded them for prescribing medication. And so that financial reward and that financial punishment uh, has really made it almost financially impossible for a psychiatrist who, t who works on an insurance panel or takes Medicare to uh, actually even cover their expenses if they do therapy. And so it's driven them to just write prescriptions. Doesn't that drive you nuts as a psychiatrist? Well, that's why I don't participate in those programs. Oh, I was going to say, because that would irritate me to death. Yeah, that's why, that's, why, that's why I don't do that, so I can do therapy with my patients who need it. Yeah, see, that's cool. That's, I, I, have a lot, I respect you for doing that. Because I remember years ago when I first was introduced to antidepressants, it wasn't actually, well, it was a psychiatrist that recommended it. But, but he wasn't the one that actually gave it to me. It was actually a regular therapist who told me to go to a medical doctor and they gave it to me. And then they, they said, well, if you just go to a regular therapist, you can take this. And I'm like, how is that possible if a psychiatrist is the one that's supposed to actually give it? And that's one of the also artifacts of the uh, checkbox diagnostics style that some people do with the DSM. Check, 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 check. Oh, you got depression. Oh, what do you do for depression? Oh, antidepressant. The problem is with the checkbox style, somebody may have diagnostically depression, but we still don't know what's wrong with them because we don't know the contributing factors in their life that have brought them to depression. Or they have depression because of a sleep disorder. They have depression because of a thyroid problem. They have depression because they're an abusive parent. They have depression mm -hmm. because they have nutritional deficiencies. Yep. And so you diagnostically, after you make the diagnosis, you need to understand the underpinnings to why that person has depression. Some people have depression because there's a real strong genetic or family history that needs psychopharmacology, but many people can be benefited from other interventions other than medication to help resolve the underlying reasons for the depression. Yeah. I went to a doctor a couple of days ago for a, like a nerve issue because the carpal tunnel and he actually wanted to give me an antidepressant because I was, you know, moody that day. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> And he's like, why are you moody today? And I said, well, I just had four people die last month that I love and care about. And he's like, oh, I'll give you an antidepressant to take the edge off. And I looked at him. I said, nah, that's all right. You can keep your dumb drug, you know. But that's exactly the reason. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, dude, I had four people die last month. I don't want you giving me an antidepressant. I'm grieving. I'm supposed to grieve. I mean, it's okay to grieve, right? Wouldn't you agree? Yes, grieving is part of the process of working through loss. That's right. But I think a lot of people, and I know this is kind of controversial, but a lot of people, you know, have been impacted by the industry because of what you just said. You know, a lot of psychiatrists don't do what you did. Um, and honestly, I, I just find it really sad, you know. Well, there's, it's also a collusion with the patients because many patients don't want to do any work. They just right. want to pull to fix a problem without actually doing the work. So there's many patients yeah. that, that are resistant to doing anything other than seeking medication. See, and that, that's the other problem too. Would you agree that the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual is used often by people in the industry just for simple diagnosis purposes? That, that's its primary purpose, to help lend a... a um, but like for but for process. for like the insurance companies though. Oh yeah. So in and again in our in our current structure of a system, if you're participant in a third party payer system, you will not receive reimbursement unless you give a DSM diagnosis. And so people are actively seeking a diagnosis that can generate a reimbursement for their time. Yeah, and see, don't you think that's a little bit unethical? that somebody will go ahead and give you a diagnosis if you don't really have that diagnosis in order to get paid because no, that's the only way that. they can get paid. I didn't say that they would do that. Well, I know people that do. <laughs> well, then if, if, if they are giving diagnosis that a person doesn't have, that is unethical. I've been requested at times to do that and I refuse to do that. Oh, I only good. get diagnoses that are supported by the history and uh, symptomology. That's good. But wouldn't you agree that the, the black mark textbook thing is that you know that that some therapists do that that's be, yes and that, that that's what i would call a novice 
diagnostician. You can have the checklist diagnostic criteria for a disorder and not have that disorder. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's right. I agree with you. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's get back to your book. So people, you know, want to get your book. I'm pretty sure of it. So tell us a little bit about your actual ministry, because I think it's super cool. So my ministry is Come and Reason Ministries, and we actually have tons of resources teaching people about God's principles and how they bring health to our families, our physical health, and our and our minds and brains, healthy thinking patterns, uh, practices that bring healthy um, brain function, and a lot of resources that correspond with the various books I've written that you've already mentioned in the show. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And to the, those of you who are not watching the actual show, but you're listening to it, what website can they go to to find you again? Comeandreason.com. Which is taken from Isaiah chapter 1. Yeah. Come let us reason together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> so, like, if somebody wants to, like, have you come and speak or be, you know, be on their show or, or whatever, do you do that, too? I mean, you know. Sure. I, I speak all over the world, and they can go to our website, comeandreason.com, and there's a little link there for requests. If you're interested, just click it, send an email off, tell us about yourself, what you're interested in me doing, and we just start a dialogue about whether we can work something out. Yeah. Okay. Now I want to bring up one last thing. Let's talk about coffee. Cause I know in your book, you actually admitted you have a bias about coffee. You, well, you I had a bias. I did. drink a cup of coffee every morning pretty much. <laughs> I do too, but it's decaf. Yeah. And, and the, and the data shows that the decaf coffee uh, is beneficial for most of the physical health benefits from coffee, but not beneficial for reducing Alzheimer's dementia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a requirement of uh, the caffeinated form of coffee uh, which is beneficial in reducing Alzheimer's dementia. No other caffeinated beverage. And what people understand, it's not the caffeine. It's the caffeine interacting with certain um, antioxidant elements in the coffee bean itself that you get when you drink the coffee. And uh, the decaf coffee didn't show that benefit. And caffeine alone doesn't show that benefit. And caffeinated beverages such as sodas actually make things worse. So the only other beverage that had caffeine that showed significant benefit is green tea. Yes. So green tea was also bene- beneficial. I love green tea. I don't drink it. I take it in capsule form because it doesn't make me feel anxious, whereas caffeine does usually. So why is that? How come green tea has that effect that it doesn't make you feel like like a coffee caffeine? So it's it's probably different different amounts of caffeine you're getting. You're getting green tea with less caffeine in it than you're getting with the coffee. Coffee's giving you a bigger caffeine load, ah. and, and that's the difference. I noticed um, that bare aspirin, come. there's a... A friend of mine, we were talking about um, arthritis and stuff, and she recommended this product called uh, Bear Back and Body. Yeah, B-A-Y-E-R, Back and Body. Anyway, before I ever take a medicine, I always look to see what's in it. And this one's aspirin and caffeine. I thought that was interesting that they would put caffeine in a aspirin product to help with stuff. That's because uh, aspirin, uh, excuse me, caffeine is a vasoconstrictor. And so people get certain vascular headaches when they take caffeine and a pain and an aspirin together that can actually have a vasoconstricting effect if they have uh, vascular headaches and that can actually have uh, benefit, benefit, benefit on their headaches. Hmm. So. so that's worth more so that you can use that with headaches and stuff. I don't tend to get a lot of headaches. That would be the rationale behind it. I, I don't know that, that there's any benefit. In fact, there is no benefit in what you've just described for Alzheimer's dementia prevention. Right. Well, that makes sense because I wasn't talking about that and that particular thing. (laughs) Okay, wait, let me ask, does anybody else have any questions for uh, Dr. Timothy Jennings, who is our great guest today? There are questions in YouTube. Are there? I can't see them, Bareface. Well, can you see them? Yes. Okay, what are they? Uh, Carmen asks... uh... Oh, here they are. Never mind, I see it. Is gabapentin dangerous for the brain in the long run? So there's no evidence that gabapentin actually increases your risk of dementia. It'd be one of the ones that would probably be better for sleep promotion than all the benzodiazepines. So if you need something for sleep, gabapentin would be one that I'm more comfortable providing. Uh, it uh, It does not seem to have the sleep architecture issues associated with it. So yes. Hmm. Okay. What about magnesium taking that for, for, uh, sleep issues? If it helps, it's okay. There's no, I wouldn't have see any problem with that at all. Okay. All right. Any other questions? 
Hey, JDF is there. Hi, JDF. Nice to see you. JDF is uh, one of our long-term listeners, just so you know. Yeah, it's good to know. Um, look and see if there's any other questions there's here. One more from Carmen in there. There is? Okay, let's see. Wow, that's terrible. Okay. What about MCT oil? Is that good? Oh, there it is. What about MCT oil? Is that good, too? I'm not familiar with MCT oil. You're not? Okay. Really? Because that's like all the rage these days. Everybody's taking their marijuana stuff. You're and... talking about CBD. Oh, CBD. Okay. <laughs> well, what yeah. do I know? I'm not a doctor. I don't even play one on YouTube or Periscope or... <laughs> Okay, what do you think about that stuff, the CBD oil stuff? I think the data is, is still out. It's very thin, uh, that uh, there's no evidence that it's harming. I don't think it's been proven effic efficacious yet in really anything. So I think it's probably functioning for most people as a placebo at this point. But it might. It might. It is, might prove to, to be beneficial in some way. But at this point okay. in time, I think the data is very thin. That makes sense. Well, the placebo effect is definitely real. I believe in that. And isn't it weird how that is, you know, that you can actually believe something is helping you and maybe it really isn't? Well, your belief in it will actually cause a different neurobiological outcome than if you don't believe in it. So that it does make it real at that point. People who have believed they're getting a pain medicine when they're not, their brain will release endorphins and enkephalins and they'll get brain produced opiates that give physiologic pain relief. But if they know they're getting a sugar pill, then they won't get the endorphins and enkephalins. So the belief in a placebo, if you believe in it, can have a real profound physiologic effect. Hmm. That's very interesting. It really, and okay, so let me ask you this and our, our time's up, but what about daily affirmations? What do you think about that in, in relation to like keeping our minds healthy? Because I know you said that's one of the one of the things, you know, we do. So like what are some of the mental exercises we can do to do that? So mental exercises have been shown to actually reduce the risk of dementia are actually new learning. You have to learn something you don't currently know. That activates, turns on genes that produce proteins to keep your neurons healthy. Um, just doing affirmations no benefit. Uh, reciting memory verses that you've known your whole life, that doesn't, that's not new learning. That's rote repetition. Uh, crossword puzzles, that's not new learning. That's uh, just repetition. And so if you really want to uh, have the benefit, you have to learn something new. Now, uh, affirmations that would be like, uh, you know, calming statements of some kind, to the degree that you believe them, and thus they actually have a uh, internal um, impact to calm your stress circuitry, that could be a positive benefit. But stating things in a positive way that inside you really don't believe has no benefit. <laughs> ah, that's why I like you, buddy. I love you <laughs> in a Christian way, just so you know. <laughs> just me hugging you. Yeah. Okay. You, you know, great. the whole new age thingy, that drives me crazy. Oh, I am the universe. And I'm so it drives me up a wall. I'll be talking about these affirmations and stuff. Because cause it... <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that out loud, but I just did. But anyway, I feel that way. And so it's really true. So learning something new. So, okay. So like for me, I just recently decided to learn investing. And it's frustrating to me because I just hate numbers and stuff. Ugh, I hate that. Um, so for me, that's that's a good thing, though, because if I'm actually actively learning it, then that's helping my brain out to stuff. Hmm. Interesting. So what would a dementia patient learn then? Something simple. Nothing, because they're demented. They can't learn anymore. Huh. So we're not talking about dementia patients learning something new because they're not going to learn something new. Hmm. We're talking about people who do not have dementia learning things new so they never develop dementia. Gotcha. Well, I want to encourage you then to learn pickleball, mister, because I, I think that you'll like it. I might. I might. Only yeah. if you play tennis. But if you, if you don't play tennis, then maybe golf. You probably play golf, right? Tennis. I play tennis some. Tennis is fun. Well, then the older you get, it's easier to play pickleball because pickleball's on the half size court of a tennis court. And, you know. Cool. Yeah. So there you go. Okay, go ahead. Tell everybody again where they can get your stuff and then. And then so our ministry website is commonreason.com, but the Aging Brain book is available at any bookseller, Barnes & Noble, um, Amazon.com, or any place you get your books. Awesome. Well, mister, it was glad to have you on here again. I hope you had a good time. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. All right, everybody, don't forget, that is this is the book to get, The Aging Brain. Here it is right here. Uh, you can go ahead and you can get it at Amazon. You can go check out, learn more. 
over there at uh, his website as well that he already told you about. I'm going to hit my stop recording just so you know. <laughs> Click out of here out of my meeting. All right. So anyway, all right. So that was Dr. Um, Dr. Timothy Jennings. His other books are actually also really good. And if you didn't, uh, if you, if you came in late and you didn't see, you know, who Dr. Caroline Leaf endorsed this book, uh, Dr. Timothy Clinton, who is the president of the American Association of Christian Counselors, actually endorsed this book. You know, there's other things too. I'll give you a list of stuff that I read in the book that actually help with, uh, preventing dementia. So dementia rather, um, Oh, I forgot to ask him this. Yeah, I did. Uh, but there is there is research that talks about vitamin D. If it's too low, it can it can uh, help you know cause dementia. But if it's too high, it can also help that as well. So you got to make sure you get your vitamin D levels checked out so that you can stay in the right area. Count that turmeric, curcumin stuff. Definitely take that. I think I'm not a doctor. I don't play one either, but I am testifying to the power of turmeric and curcumin. Make sure you take it with black pepper, though, and it's, they sell it with black pepper because the black pepper absorbs it. Um, really, really good for inf inflammation, arthritis um, throughout your whole body. You will. It's a natural alternative. It's excellent stuff. Uh, we talked about walnuts, eating those every day. Um, you know, and the walnut actually look like, looks kind of like your brain. So, you know, God did that on, you know, on, on purpose. Uh, green tea, which, you know, we talked about pomegranate juice. He talked about coffee. We talked about, um, vitamin E and C. There's some research. This happens to be vitamin C in here. Yeah, it is. I like the liquid form people. And plus I use this when I play pickleball. Um, vitamin, well, actually golden root is another thing that he, in the book he mentions. And there's research about vitamin B, folic acid, and N-acetyl, N-acetylcysteine or something like that. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But those are just a couple of things that you can get if you want to help prevent dementia. And then learn something new. Take up Spanish. No, don't do that. Take up French. Support the French people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, 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 no, I'm actually not kidding. I'm, I'm French and Jewish. Um, learn Hebrew. There you go. <laughs> and one way you can learn Hebrew, Hebrew actually, is if you decide to support Ariel Ministries, our sponsor. Yeah, if you go to ariel.org, you can go there and you can buy stuff over there in the store. And when you do, you can save 20%. When you use that coupon code Bible News, yeah, you can, because we're Bible News Radio. Mm-hmm. And I know there's some other stuff too. Did you get it yet, Randall? Uh, you forwarded an email to me, which had no images attached to it. So really? Okay. Really. That's what I thought. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, let me tell you a little bit about one of the things that you can get, though. It's coming soon. I don't have the graphic. We'll have it up tomorrow. It's the feasts and fasts of Israel, their, their historic and prophetic uh, significance. Um, Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum has, is going to be releasing this book next month in April. And it says here, this work is devoted to these Jewish feasts and fasts that are observed on a yearly basis. The book explores the historical background, function, and order of the Jewish calendar. So look, stay tuned for that uh, as we, you know, show you the graphic later, but you guys can go to Ariel anyway. Also, don't forget, you can join my text message list. How many of you are on my text message list, huh? Do you get my, my texts that I send out to Bible, you know, text the term Bible news right there to 33222? Yeah, you can do that right there. I know somebody, you know, I know a lot of you are on there. In fact, I send my Bible verse out. I told you about a meeting this morning. Uh, you know, I'm going to be doing a contest pretty soon, people. So you might want to get on that list so you can win something. Yep. Oh, and another way that you can help us, actually. You know, if you want to become a ladies of justice like me, people. Yeah. Actually, it was funny. I went to visit my dad today. And afterwards, I was walking out of the of where he lives and I was talking to this lady and she's like, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a lady of justice. 
just so you know. And they're like, what's that? And I said, well, that's part of Legal Shield, you know. And I Did you do it with the gavel? Did I you didn't have that do with it. You? But, you know, I've been thinking about carrying this with me wherever I go because it's just so empowering. You know, having a <laughs> Legal Shield membership, you know, it's just something about feeling confident and secure in my Legal Shieldness that I, you know, hey, order in the court, people. Or wait, the auction is about ready to start. Yeah, it is. Bible News Radio is now in session. <laughs> I know, I'm having too much fun. So many but... valuable uses for a gavel. <laughs> yeah. Out of order, bareface. <laughs> Did I say you could talk? No. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, um, seriously, you know, having a Legal Shield membership is really a lifestyle uh, membership. And so I was talking to this lady. I said, hey, you know what? You need to get Legal Shield because you need to let make, let the assisted living know that you're not happy with the care that your mom's been getting, you know, and all that. I mean, I did. And, uh, you know, they're being watched. Let's just say, you know, have you ever had like, a, you know, a customer relations problem where they didn't seem to care? I mean, seriously, have you? I have. It's irritating, you know? Yeah, it is. So anyway, but actually Legal Shield is is used for so many things. You can get your will done, you can get your advanced directives done, you can get your living will done, you can get your uncontested divorce dealt with or your adoption, whatever it is. Uh, and if you have traffic problems, they'll help you with that too. Like Nancy Pelosi with the gavel. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is why we Legal Shield is good for everybody. Democrats, independents and Republicans alike. All right, just so you know. Anyway, yeah, you know, actually, I heard somebody say, you know, do you have insurance? Yeah, you do, car insurance. Let's say, for example, you have car insurance. And we all do, unless you're a lawbreaker, because it's the law. You're supposed to have car insurance, right? Probably now, most states. Now, if if on the, the short chance of something, let's say something happened, and that car dealer or the car that... um that um insurance thing your insurance agent let's say something happened and somebody decided to sue them do they have corporate lawyers to defend themselves yes they do who do you have though you don't have anybody you have to go hire an attorney and the average cost is between 250 and 300 dollars an hour and that's a true story right there and most people don't have 250 to 300 and 400 dollars an hour that they can go go to an attorney and so a lot of people don't get the the coverage that they need because they can't afford it and that's why companies like that can take advantage of the little guy which is why legal insurance personal legal insurance for the cost of it it's insane it really is insane not to get it and i'm saying that as somebody who sells it for a reason i i don't just sell anything okay i'm just saying i don't and I honestly, you know, well, what if I don't use it? I don't need it, blah, blah. I've heard that before. So what? Okay, good. If you don't need it, you know, it's okay. Because you might need it when you least expect it. You would not believe the stories that I've heard of people using Legal Shield to get certain things. I mean, because people, and we live in a dark world, people. I mean, customer service sucks today. And I mean, it does. <laughs> I mean, just ask me and Randall. It really does. Uh, so, you know what? It can't hurt you to pay 25 bucks a month to get Legal Shield. Anyway, that's a way you can support the show if you want it. Go there, bit.ly forward slash LOJ 2019. It's, no, it's not there anymore. There it is. <laughs> Ooh, can you make it go up? You have that power? Um, can I, like, push it up with my hands? Um, no. no. I can't? Can I squish it? Wait, wait, hold on. Can I get on the outside of it? No. Yeah, I don't know how to do that. We're not that... We're not that talented. Oh, Bearface said he might actually start changing the graphics and stuff on here, which might be fun. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, but ID Shield too. Don't forget that. Get For $9.95 a month, you can get cover all your identity stuff, which I would definitely if I were you. And I was telling this to this lady today because... <clears throat> Because, um, uh, just because, I mean, the elderly people are, are ripped off. They're not protected. You need to protect your old, your old, your elderly parents or grandparents or whoever, uh, because they can't just so you know, share your link to the book, share your link to the book. Okay. I will. 
in there. Okay, I will in a minute. How about after the show, I'll do it. Yeah, Randall's got mad skills. Yeah, he does, Bob. In many ways, he does. <laughs> All right, hey, did you guys hear this story? I got to share this horrible story with you. It's the one I sent you, Bareface. Do you, you have it? I, I can get to it. I heard this story, and I read it, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. But then again, I thought, it's not really surprising. <sighs> All right, here it is. Over on Reformation Charlotte, the website, there's that article right there. I mean, right there. Gay, quote, pastor says premarital sex is healthy and moral. Okay, without even reading the article, do you think this guy's a biblical believer? Just out of curiosity. I don't, just so you know. <laughs> Brandon Robertson, a homosexual and self-described, quote, pastor, unquote, and a rising star in progressive evangelicalism, no. was interviewed earlier this week by the Huffington Compost. In the interview, he was asked what his thoughts on premarital sex are. Quote, I believe for some people, waiting for marriage before having sex can be a very healthy path. I also believe that for most people, sex before marriage is a healthy expression of the gift of sexuality and is not, quote, sinful, unquote, or morally wrong. Can you believe that? He goes on to state no, that... No, but he does. Yeah. He says, he goes on to state that he believes that sex is a gift from the divine and that one of the worst things the church has done is take God and the divine out of the bedroom and shame people for their desires and practices. He continues, quote, I have always believed that contractual arrangements, including marriage, are not the boundary on sex. Our own personal ethics are. I have lived monogamously, and that was no different ethically for me than living with multiple lovers. It was what the agreed to and defined boundaries were at the time. <clears throat> Robertson also claimed that most of the single clergy that he knows commit fornication even when the rules of their denomination forbid it. Quote, it simply is an outdated and silly expectation, in my opinion. Like anything else, sex can be manipulative, unhealthy, or used as a power differential. Sex or even dating without sex with a congregant is never okay because of the power differential. Within relationships of equals or with agreed-upon boundaries, though, it is healthy and beautiful, unquote. Of course, conservative Bible-believing Christians would never consider Robertson's claim to Christianity valid, but the world sees things like this and brings reproach upon Christ. As Christians, we are called to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all the nations. It brings God glory to proclaim the truth about him, while false teachers like this pervert, the name of God, to promote themselves. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I really feel. The, the way I, no, the, no, actually, <laughs> it's all in how you say it. Okay, let me read that last sentence. I don't, I think I read it the wrong way. It brings glory to proclaim the truth about him while false teachers like this pervert the name of God to promote themselves, to promote themselves. <laughs> When it could be read, it brings God glory to proclaim the truth about him while false teachers like this pervert, uh, the name of God, promote themselves. It wasn't meant to be that way. That I, It I, doesn't I, really make sense. It, though, yeah. it doesn't. It was read wrong, but you heard it that way at first, right? I mean, before I read it. Anyway, it glorifies God to name these wolves in front of the world, mark them and avoid them. I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them, for such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites, and by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. Yeah, they do. And then I would, I would also exhort you from 1 John chapter 2. <clears throat> which says this, by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Uh, the one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him, but whoever keeps his word in him, the love of God has truly been perfected. By this, we know that we are in him. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. Yeah. In fact, I actually did a... Um, 
get slugged over on YouTube earlier today on leadership. And I actually talked about it. I talked about who we should follow as leaders, who should the Christian, you know, follow as a leader. And that should be the Lord Jesus, of course. He is our leader, right, Bareface? Yep, it's not surprising this guy's a rising star in progressive evangelicalism because that's what folks, quote, progressive evangelicalism is is me-focused and it's, you know, it's well well steeped in relativism. And so, say, well, you know, as he says, coming from the homosexual, whether it's monogamous or multiple partners, they're equal. You know, because that's, hey, that's what's right for them. That's what's right for the other. You know, it's right for me, it's right for you, it's right for you, it's right for you. There is no, there is no absolute. There is no overarching, you know, precept that governs sexuality. It's just all in the, all up to the individuals. And I would say that nature and history itself disagree with him let alone the word of God. Why do you think so many people like follow people like that guy? Cause, yeah. cause he tickles their ears. It's what they want to hear. Mm. You know, they, they would, you know, they would prefer to, you know, follow the flesh, you know, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Uh, they would prefer to be, um, egocentric. Mm-hmm. Um, egocentrically, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> well, I mean, Im- immature, basically. I mean, when we're infants and unable to care for ourselves, we're the center of our universe, and rightly so. We need people to feed us, change us, all that kind of stuff, because we're incapable of doing it ourselves. But as we mature and take on and able to do more for ourselves, then, hmm. you know parenting as i see it not that i'm a you know world-class parent heck, heck i'm not even a parent but you are a tuggy bear just saying yeah, is your little dog he loves you all right but he it, looks to you as his leader mm-hmm. but in human relationships True. in human relationships the goal of parenting is to prepare prepare young people to be good citizens in part good citizens of of the kingdom of God and good citizens of of planet Earth, and that is by being selfless instead of being selfish, all about the flesh, all about me, my wants, my desires, lust of my flesh, lust of my eyes, and my pride is to learn to be loving. I think to be selfless is part of it. I mean, that's, if you want to, the epitome of selfless, God demonstrates his love toward us and that we were, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's right. So anyway, this, but the modern movement, progressive evangelicalism, it's really, um, it's really um, egocentric infantilism. It's I want to do what I want to do and I want to do it now, you know. My my gratification, my you know, my desires need to be filled and need to be filled immediately. As an older man, because you are, well, you're almost fifty five, man. It's true, coming up on the double nickels, getting gonna get my senior discount at the rec center. Yeah, you are. If we get hey. separate memberships. Well, I mean, we save money if we get separate because I'm not that. I'm old not yet. sure. I think I think I looked at it and it was at least last year was the same as getting the family membership. Mm. getting two separates well somebody told me actually jr told me i was a senior yeah he was trying to tell me that i could get meatloaf at meatloaf mondays over at sidelines because i'm I'm a senior now well there you go but you know it's different different places you know whether you can get the senior coffee or the senior discount (laughs) at the rec center or the you know they'll have their own (laughs) rules it's not a i mean 50 i mean come on man 50 is not senior it's not. Just saying. Put a put a five zero if you think that that's a senior. Well, <laughs> is fifty a senior? You're, or, you're, or is fifty five? You're eligible for the senior Olympics, so yes. <laughs> I refuse to AARP discounts. No, it's true, actually. Mm-hmm. 
<sighs> hmm. You know, last night. <laughs> okay. So last night I decided to go to this networking meeting after after Bible News Radio was over. I got in the car, I drove down in the dark. I don't really like driving at the dark in the dark, but whatever. You know, I'm like, well, it wasn't dark when I when I went out, but anyway. Um, long story short, the there was about, I don't know, thirty five people at this meeting, all women. And most of them were in their thirties. They're like thirty five or whatever. And I'm sitting there and I'm I'm feeling like I'm crashing a you know, a millennial meeting of some type. <laughs> I don't know. It was funny. It was funny. AARP. No, don't. No, don't be a member of AARP. They're liberal. Yeah. 50 is a junior senior. Yeah. Hey, Van Dahl. Junior senior. I like that. That's me. A junior. Or would it be a, a senior JC. junior? I don't know. Junior senior. JS, I, I mean. JS. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah, junior senior. That's what I am. I'm a junior senior person. Kind of like, you know, like a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. Um, yeah. I'll be 55 for the second time in July. Well, that's nice for the second time, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so 110? Or... You're 110 in dog years, right? Um... Who said that? Oh, Sean did. All right. They were kids. 55 is the new 45. Hey, you know, I will tell you that I'm healthier now. I play more sports now than I did when I was in my, in my, um, well, I can't say in my forties. I started playing this in my forties, but, uh, yeah, well, I mean, I've been acting my whole life really. I mean, you could tell that from my great physique. Uh, <laughs> uh anyway, Hey, it's nice to know that Bareface is starting to feel better. Aren't you Bareface? Except uh, his knees. Poor baby. My, my knees are fine today. Cause you haven't played pickleball in three days. Yeah. Yeah. Want to play pickleball tonight? Oh, it is Tuesday, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'd better not. <laughs> I had better not uh, push it. Seeing how I wound up Saturday afternoon after playing. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not gonna either. As much I as I still have want a little to. bit of sniffles, and sniffles. I can still feel a little bit of. Mm. Well, drink your vitamin C. Head, so. That will help with your memory and uh, all mm. that, people. So, okay, so what did you guys think of the show? You guys have any questions the last couple minutes? We got like three minutes left. Mm-hmm. You have any topics you would like us to cover on our show? That's a good question. You should throw that in the, in the answer box, in the chat box. <laughs> Just throw it in the answer box. Pickle all, yeah. Uh, well, pickleball, I could talk about that every day, which I do, by the way. Hmm. Yep. By the way, my book, Pickleball Faith, my cover is being worked on for it. Uh, Jay Mackey, who actually is the guy that designed my logo for Bible News Radio, is actually working on it. And uh, as soon as we get that, then that book will be, like, uh, available for you to buy for a million dollars, people. No, I'm just kidding. It won't be a million bucks. But it will be available, and I think you'll like it. Come on, push through it. My dad's 88 plays tennis two to three times a week. Well, the reason I'm not going to play tonight is because my doctor actually told me no. He said, don't play as much as you've been playing because I have a pinched nerve. It's causing numbness and tingle in, in my hands. And it's really irritating, to be honest. It's like, what the heck, man? I'm not that old. And yeah, I got a pinched nerve. So anyway, so I'm going to play tomorrow and all that. Because believe it or not, it'd take a whole day for me to get unnumb after I play. Because of that. Because I refused to do a prednisone pack that they wanted to put me on. I'm like, nope. You and your stupid antidepressants and prednisone stuff. I ain't taking none of that garbage. Blech. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm. There you have it, people. All right. We got one minute. I was talking to Randall. Oh. Oh, yeah. Well, no. Yeah, no. You don't want to push Randall because he's older now, you know. You need exercise today. Hi, Annie. Do you have a good tennis shoes? Yeah, I actually do. I have, um, what are they? I have New Balance. New Balance tennis shoes. They're really good. They do hurt my feet after a while, though, but any shoe does. Because my feet, I don't, I don't know. It is what it is, you know? I mean, hello, people. You know, somebody said, I heard somebody say that if they had enough money, they would get jeans 
perfectly fitted for them and shoes. And I'm like, and bras. They also said bras. And I actually said to them, I said now, and this was a guy. Well, it was a woman that said the bra thing. But (laughs) the guy, the man at dinner, he was like, hmm, yeah, women would get bras made, special pants made, and uh, shoes specially made, right? And I looked at the guy and I said, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I find it very odd that men never talk about getting a cup made specifically to fit them perfectly, you know? Why is it that we have to discuss women's undergarments? I mean, seriously, people, just just a question. But, you know, if we're going to be like, what's the word? You know, we're going to talk about gender issues. What is it that men need that women don't need? Just saying. I'll leave you on that happy, thoughtful note. And (laughs) if I had money, I'd get food that doesn't come in a can. Well, there you go. Hey, grow your own food. You can do that. Me and Bareface are going to do that. At least that's what Bareface said. Are we still going to do that, Randall? You know, start small. Yeah, definitely like to do that. Been thinking about (laughs) maybe planting a few things in the backyard, but ultimately I'd like to do one of the tower gardens. Ooh, a tower garden. And grow things all year long. Ooh. Can we do a tower garden inside? Yeah, that's the whole point. So we can keep it away from the um, dogs? Because, you know, Tug. Tug will eat anything. True. So. Tug is like, he's like a goat. Uh, he'll, he'll eat anything. We should name him Goat for short. Hmm. Sports bras are more comfortable. We need more bathrooms. Hmm. Men, oh, yeah. Hey, Sean. You know, I got to tell you, one day me and Randall went to a Rush concert. This was the funniest thing ever. Heathens that we are. This yeah. was, well, I could care. I don't care about Rush. Okay. Mm-hmm. Randall, Whatever. His secular heart. He loves Rush, right? Anyway, so he, I went to this thing with him. We were outdoors and, you know, everything. Well, intermission came, and guess what happened? There um, there was probably 99% men at this thing. It's, uh, yeah. And there was like just There's not a huge female following. There was like five Rush. women. And it was the only time in my life where I saw a line go around the building for men. Mm-hmm. And it was hilarious. <laughs> Just now it makes me laugh because it was Mm. funny. The women's bathroom, as you guys know, hey, women, you know, we have to wait 20 minutes to get into a stall, you know, at a thing, you know, thing there. But anyway, greatest of all times is goat. (laughs) No, not Rush Limbaugh. It was actually Rush. Rush, the actual. The Canadian. Rush is Canadian? Yeah. Grow Hydra. And two-thirds Jewish. Maybe all, maybe all Jewish, but at least. (laughs) At least two-thirds Jewish. Vandal says men need tummy corsets. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yeah, because all the beer bellies that men have. Yeah. There you go. Beer. It's just the middle-aged spread. That's Well, a lot of my men friends at Pickleball, they have those little bellies. Just saying. True. Just saying. The band. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, there you have it, people. Well, it's after 5 p.m., mm-hmm. so I should probably wrap this thing up. It is. It is. All right, so tomorrow is uh, Wednesday. Yeah, yeah it, is. it is. We'll probably be back with something different. I don't think I have a guest. But I do have a guest Thursday. Uh, June Hunt from Hope for the Heart is going to be my guest on Thursday. So you'll definitely want to tune in for that. We're going to talk about, actually, how many of you struggle with envy and jealousy, huh? Yeah. I bet you some of them, some of you do. They spank- are not synonymous. <laughs> Spanks for men. There you go, Tommy. (laughs) Well, I'm going to give away a couple of these on my text message list so that you can have this really good book. This is actually really, really good. A good book. Um, And anyway, June Hunt from Hope for the Heart is going to be my guest on Thursday. And um, so anyway, you'll want to see that, but we'll be back tomorrow with something. So we'll probably talk about some headlines of the day and stuff. So um yeah so anyway thanks for tuning in everybody i hope you have a good night remember to be bold to stand up people and go with god because he loves you and we'll uh see you tomorrow